Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. It's a joy to be here with you. Uh, I even wore new shoes that I got for Christmas just for you. Um, Most of the things that I wear were given to me as a gift, uh, and so I'm always thankful for that. Uh, I hope you got a great, uh, at least one great Christmas gift this year. Uh, If not, at least you have the greatest gift of all, Jesus, uh, and I hope you celebrate him well. I want to share with you, it it is exciting to be here. Uh, I've actually been in your church those of you that are at Heritage Park, uh, probably a dozen times, but I've never been in this room. I've always been in the offices or the chapel or the fellowship hall, and and it's just exciting to see uh, what, uh, how you worship and uh, what a thrill it is. And for you First Baptist Friendswood family, uh, thanks for making the trek over uh, to see their cool blue sign. I love it. Uh, I love your sign. Uh, I wish I could steal it uh, and change the name. But, uh, but, but what a joy that is. I want you to, if you have a Bible, uh, turn to John chapter 1. We're going to be in the book of John uh, this evening, John 1. Uh, if you don't, it's going to be on the screens here in a minute. Uh, but uh, this uh, tells us, uh, this account in John uh, tells us exactly what God did for us. Uh, and I couldn't think of a better Christmas uh, day passage than this one that's a little different than the Matthew or the Luke uh, in the manger, uh, but this is a great one. And, and in John 1, uh, verse 1, it says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But, second greatest word in all the Bible, behind Jesus. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. And verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. At First Baptist, we've been working through a series called The King of Promise uh, over the last uh, few weeks. And so I want to just, for all of us, kind of wrap that up and help us see through this passage, uh, Jesus uh, as King. Uh, 
King eternal, uh, king at birth, king forever, king of kings, Lord of lords. Uh, That's who he is. And and every time I I read the book of John, every time I see this John 1, 1, and and kind of the first few verses, and in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, that passage, uh, it can be confusing. But you're like, well, what is the word? Or who is the word? Or why is it capitalized? And anytime I meet a new believer or I have the privilege of leading someone to Christ, I'll always encourage them to read the book of John because it kind of goes straight to the life of Jesus and, uh, and who he was and his ministry. But I always tell them, okay, like the very first verse out of the gate, it's going to be confusing. Like the first thing you read is going to be confusing because if you haven't been in church and you read in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What? I, I, how can a Word be God? I just tell them, okay, just see the capital W, just exchange Word for Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. Every time. Jesus is the eternal King. The eternal King. He has been king forever. He is the eternal king. Past, present, future, before time, before history, before the creation of the world. Jesus is the eternal king. He is preexistent. He is equal with God who has existed before time. He has existed for all time, before time. He created time. All things were created with him, by him and through him. He's the eternal king. The one who was born in the manger is the eternal king. Lord at birth, Savior at birth, but eternal. He has always been king. But Jesus is also the life-giving king. Have you thought about this, your life, and what the most important thing to you is in your life? If I were to say, what's the most important thing to you in your life? Some of you might say your spouse or your kids. If you're single, no kids, never married, you might say a possession that you have. Maybe if you're married, you would say a possession. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But the truth is, the most valuable thing in your life is your life. That's the thing you can't do without. Right? You can't do without your life because then you're not around. The most important thing for you is your life. And Jesus is the one who gives us life because when life is lost, it's tragic. When life is lost, it's tragic. And Jesus came, not as our lucky charm, not as I shared last night, uh, God in our pocket. No, he came to give life to all things. All things were made through him, John says. He is the one who gives life, not just our heartbeat life, but he gives us new life. A few decades ago, They've been around for a long time, actually, but a few decades ago, 
Jesus bobbleheads, dashboard Jesus, if you will, became popular. But bobbleheads are like super famous now, but they, they go way back to the 1700s. It's crazy. Bobbleheads. But a few years ago, this bobblehead Jesus, sort of Jesus on the dashboard, was a, was a popular thing. And, and you might remember, all of you that, that uh, you know, love rock and roll, uh, you might remember in 2005, if you're old enough, Billy Idol sang a song, Plastic Jesus. It was actually a remake of a song, and it says this, With my plastic Jesus, goodbye, and I'll go far. With my plastic Jesus sitting on the dashboard of my car. And sometimes that's how we see our Jesus, not as a life giver, but something we rub his head or we tap him and watch him go like that and we get a kick out of it or when we need something, we go to him. For those of you that are a little older, you might remember uh, in the movie called Cool Hand Luke, Paul Newman, actually one of the first movies, old movies, I remember watching with my dad. It was Cool Hand Luke because he ate all those boiled eggs. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to. He won an Academy Award for it. But he also, in that movie, says, Well, I don't care if it rains or freezes, long as I have my plastic Jesus sitting on the dashboard of my car. How often have we, has our culture, missed the life-giving power of Jesus and traded it for some plastic version that we can sort of put our hands on, that we can touch and feel. And it's like, "Mm, that's my Jesus. I got him. And I'll, I'll bring him around when I need him. Perhaps sometimes we forget that Jesus has given you and me the most valuable thing that we have, our life. And not just that, he's given us the greatest gift, salvation. He's not a token. He's the resurrected king. He is the light of the world. He's the one that pushes out the darkness. He's the one who removes sin, who takes our sin away. He is the creator, the one who through all thing, through, through him all things have been made. But the tragedy, the tragedy of John's passage here, we, we focus in on verse 14 because we get excited about verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We get excited about that verse because it brings us hope. It brings us salvation. It, it brings us joy and peace because we have received life from Jesus. But one of the saddest verses in all the Bible is actually in this passage. It's verse 11. And it says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. Jesus is the eternal King. He's the life-giving King, but He's also the rejected King. He was rejected. God himself was rejected by his own people. I don't know if you've ever been rejected. Maybe that girl you wanted to date said no. Maybe you didn't get the job you wanted. 
Maybe you told your parents a hundred things that you wanted for Christmas. You didn't get any of them. That's rejection there. And I think about this. Have you ever had someone reject you? Not they said no to a date or you didn't get a job or a promotion. No, like they rejected you. Some of you have experienced that. You've experienced rejection. And I read this passage. He came and his own people, the people, the Jewish people, turned away from him. Not, not just turned away from them, from him. They, they said, crucify him and keep this rabble-rouser Barabbas. Like turned on him and turned fast. He was rejected. They rejected the true light of God. But the joy of the passage is the very next phrase. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Even though Jesus is the rejected king, We take comfort, we take joy, we take peace, we get excited about Jesus, the Savior King. We get to be a part of the family of God. We are God's children. When you and I believe in His name, when we receive Him by faith, we become a part of an eternal family, right? We become a part of this eternal, life-giving family. That's who we are. It's more than a a label, more than an identifier. The name of Jesus represents the Savior, His character, salvation. The one who makes us become children of God. That's a transformation that takes place that we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps enough to to make it, to, to experience full life. No, we have to have someone else do that, and He has done that for us. He has saved us from our sin. He's the Son of God. And we are adopted children into the family of faith. That's the beauty of the birth of Christ. Is that He came to identify with you and me so that one day He would set us free and He would welcome us to be a part of the family of God. We are not His family because of biology. We're a part of the family of God because of an act of God. And on that Christmas morning, on that starry night where no one was paying attention but a few shepherds, God stepped into the world to save us from our sin. To save us from our sin. And he did it in the most unique way. A way that none of us would have ever imagined. Lowly and humble, he sent the King of Kings to rescue us. And that King would one day be revealed 30 years later. Because Jesus is the revealed King, the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. This is God's ultimate revelation. Jesus is God's ultimate revelation. It's him showing himself to all of us that we might see all of his glory and his majesty. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. And he did so in the humblest of ways. It's a contrast to to how kings and leaders today are paraded around. Do do you think think about that time in history? Jesus had a following. He was a nomad. You know, they went from town to town to town. You know, he ate fish and bread together, uh, those kinds of things with a bunch of people. He would go off by himself and pray There was no entourage. I mean, those 12 guys, only one of them was worth their salt. Simon the Zealot, like he's the only, he was the security guard. Oh, the rest of them were fishermen and a tax collector. Like, what are they going to do? Nothing. But, But how different the revealed king is to our leaders today. Just think about our own president our own president. When he wants to go somewhere, not just President Biden, every president, when they want to go somewhere, he travels either in Air Force One or uh, the Marine, uh, what's the helicopter? I can never remember the name of it. Marine One. There you go. And the, the motorcade. That big old Cadillac he rides in, that thing is Amazing. And if he wants to go somewhere, they plan out the route, they have cars that go ahead, then they have sweepers, people that go and, you know, make sure there's no danger on the route, and then the car itself. This is what we know. I'm sure there's a lot more that we don't know that they're unwilling to tell us. But it's, it's a Cadillac that is heavily armored. They call it the Beast, if you didn't know that. That's what they call it, the Beast. It's outfitted with top-level ballistic armoring, night vision, an infrared driving system, a sealed cabin with its own independent air supply. It can withstand a nuclear, biological, or chemical attack. It even has a supply of the president's blood type. That's amazing. A state-of-the-art communication system. And, oh, by the way, there's an identical limousine that acts as a decoy. And then, if you've ever watched it on TV, there's seemingly 1,500 other vehicles surrounding it before and after and everything else. They have electronic countermeasures, so all these other vehicles are also equipped with all kinds of crazy technology to keep the president safe. At a price tag of $350 million per year for one man. $2,600 a minute if you're interested to protect the leader of the free world the king of kings had 12 guys some ladies 
his mom, right? His brother eventually. I'm not sure, you know, like brothers are little help usually. And God chose that way to reveal the glorious Son, the Savior of the world. And unlike our president and other world leaders, on that moment in history when the King of Kings stepped from the glory of heaven to this earth in that manger and was witnessed by few and followed by few, I might argue that that trip was the costliest trip in the history of the world. Because that trip cost God his life so that he would exchange that life for your sin and my sin. That he would leave the glory of heaven and empty himself for you and me. That's the joy of Christmas. But it should bring awe to our hearts because God would love us that much to give himself away for you and me. That he would make his dwelling place among us. That he would leave the glory of heaven, perfection, and come and live and surround himself with the ugliness and the mire and the muck of the world. And do so full of grace and extending that grace to you and me, that unmerited favor of salvation, that in him there would be no deceit, only truth, that he would be the light of the world, born of a virgin, live a life of perfection, die as our substitute, and rise on the third day. And now we get to await the return of the king of promise. My hope is, is that you'll celebrate, you'll rejoice in, you'll praise, you'll live your life in devotion to that king, the king of kings, the king of promise. Will you bow with me? As we bow this evening, I want to invite you in a moment when we stand and sing to respond if you need to. There's some Spots up here if you'd like to pray. There'll be some folks in the back available if you need someone to pray with because the holidays are not always fun and exciting. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're hard and difficult. And this is a season when we all need to lean in to the goodness and the grace of God. We need to lean in to the, the King of Kings, the one who has promised to draw near to us The one who's promised to, to allow his grace to be sufficient when we don't think we can go on. He's the one that brings hope when we're 
struggling and we're hopeless. He's the one to lean into because he wants to give you life and life abundant today. And so if you need prayer, I want to invite you in a moment we stand and sing to come and pray, either on your own or in the back with someone. But Lord, we rejoice Words can't describe our gratefulness. In our response to you for sending your son, your only begotten son, to become flesh, to live among us, to identify with us, lowly humanity. We rejoice in that. And so tonight, as we come and and we've gathered to sing praises, to remember the the birth of the Savior, as we listen to your word, as we, we hear it say, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. May our hearts leap with joy. May we experience comfort and encouragement. Help us to live as people of the promise. The promise of a Savior. We ask this in His name. Amen.